Welcome to episode 100 of the GameBots Podcast. I'm your host, Eric, and this is my co-host. It's Christian. On this week's episode, we're going to take a look back at the podcast as a whole since we finally hit 100 episodes, uh, a feat that I don't know if I was actually expecting when we started this podcast, <laughs> honestly, Christian. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, it's kind of crazy. We, we started this back in August of 2018, and I don't kind know. Kind of on a whim. Yeah, I mean, we we decided to do this while drunk, (laughs) and I mean, I don't know, did you actually think, did you actually think we would do this the night we decided we were talking about it? I didn't know that either of us were really going to even have remembered the conversation. Uh, When you texted me then that that Monday and said, hey, so we're going to record tonight at eight, right? I was was in, but I was more surprised than anything. Yeah, I so before this podcast, I had done a podcast previously that was more or less the same, like founding concept of I wanted to talk, to talk about games, movies, books, television, and sports, but it was called something else. Is called uh, the mediocre podcast, and that eventually fell apart. Um, <laughs> as a recording with a, a buddy of mine from law school. And we had a little bit of a different segment where it was like one half of the show was about either television or movies or whatever. Or actually, I think the first half was more so about sports. And then the second half was usually about video games because <laughs> neither of us watched too many movies or TV at the time. We mostly It was mostly a sports and video game podcast. Right. Um, and I, I like... Before you like finally agreed to it, I had like sh- I had been shopping around to like multiple people or in like my old coast <laughs> to get them interested. And, like no one wanted to do it. <laughs> hey man, I'm I'm always game for whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I think it worked out better because I mean, over time, looking at everything, we've clearly started to focus more on movies because of all of those. They're I think the easiest to consume and really the most easily accessible with like Netflix. Right. Uh, I will say, I I think there are two turning points in this podcast. So the first one was um, (laughs) we used to edit all these our own (laughs) ourselves and it made so much more work for this podcast (laughs) because it, you know, whatever length the episode is, you can usually double that for editing. So it was just like such a, such a long time to do, and I, I did not particularly like that. I, I am really happy we eventually got an editor in here, and I think that was a really, really good call for us, at least. Yeah, and uh, shout out to Haley. She does good work on this podcast for us. Yes. I I can't remember. I, I mean, I know we, we got her around the summer. I, I don't remember what episode, but I remember just being like, I am so... That was like the dread was... I like I really like recording the podcast. I really did not like editing the podcast. Right. It's yeah, it's grueling. Uh, it also when we first started, so this is on Anchor, uh our original recordings. Do you remember we were recording on through the phone? Oh yeah, it was just a phone call. Yeah, so we finally I would got be, mics. I would be upstairs at the movie theater talking to you on the phone as I like paced around the break room. <laughs> yeah, we've I feel like we've kind of gotten our flow over the past hundred episodes <laughs> also too we're chatting about this today we used to jam so many topics into a 30 minute episode i couldn't believe how many topics we crammed into like our first two episodes there were like nine or ten yeah i mean especially in the first episodes like we tried to hit like a movie a television show like a uh sports and video games in like every episode because we weren't necessarily focusing on like one thing we had consumed in the media. We were more so like talking about news stories and a lot of those early ones. Right. Uh, the first thing I actually have on the list of, oh, what were our early episodes or like what what have we talked about throughout the entire series? But uh, the one, the first topic we actually talked about, and I. I remember this story vividly. I did not know this was our first podcast topic. I thought it had occurred later, but it was the Philip Mnuchin IGN plagiarism scandal where he had a review <laughs> for Dead Cells that he basically just plagiarized. And we talked about that. And I I, I really thought that was like 10 or 20 episodes in. I did not know that was our first episode. <laughs> You sent me the list of all the topics we covered, and I had forgotten so many of these. Like, not just those, like, little itty-bitty things that we would, like, hit briefly and, and 
tuck off of like like those little news stories but just whole movies that we had watched that i just have uh, i mean i remembered them as soon as i saw them but i never in my wildest dreams would have remembered that we watched the movie cooties with oh, rain yeah. wilson you know you know i remember cooties why uh, so i said there are two things where we like really changed that was actually part of the second one where we both decided to we needed to just watch the same movie for the podcast that was the very first movie we chose for doing that is it really? That's yeah. really funny. Yeah. I, 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 as soon as I saw it, I started laughing because I, I remembered liking it. It was just absolutely gone from my mind. Yeah. Well, we were going through this and just news stories that had occurred that we had talked about that I, I completely forgotten about. One was, I, I, and once I saw it, I remember we talked in depth about the Urban Meyer scandal at Ohio State with, I think his assistant coach was Zach Smith, who had been caught, um, beating his wife and there's like this whole thing about urban meyer covering it and stuff we that was like one of the first five episodes like i forgot we talked about that at all i know well really like any sports at all because we we kind of moved on from that pretty quickly when we realized i didn't watch sports and so i couldn't really keep up with any of those segments <laughs> did you <laughs> one of our earliest segments that i think was hilarious but we didn't keep up with was you were playing fantasy football and didn't know any <laughs> About your team, but we would just have you break down your team's performance. <laughs> oh man, they asked me if I wanted to do fantasy football this year, and I just I couldn't. <laughs> I yeah. didn't have it. I didn't have it in me anymore. <laughs> oh man, looking at this list, like I definitely have like a recency bias issue because I mean the pandemic has clearly taken up a lot of headspace. It's been near a year oh, at God, this yeah. point, but. <laughs> Like, right before that, did you remember the NBA and Blizzard got, like, we had talked about this, got in a lot of trouble because the Hong Kong protests were going on, and they came out sort of in support of China? Yeah, that was that was weird. That was a big one that we had talked about. But yeah, so it's it's crazy. We actually covered a lot more topics than, than I remember, especially on the earlier episodes. Like I was saying, we did, we still do some news, but... Really, the news since last March has been pandemic-related, and I don't know, like, other than doing Outbreak, I think we've tried to avoid pandemic talk. And I guess we used to do what you're watching during quarantine, but other than that, it's, like, not fun to talk about <laughs> that every week. Yeah, no, I I had a, a conversation back at the beginning where it was, you know, kind of what what kind of a person are you in, in terms of meeting the pandemic mind space it was like are you an escapist or are you a confrontationalist and so when when this first all started i was very confrontational i i was watching outbreak i was watching andromeda strain and contagion and just really just just diving in deep with it and then i i I, however understood most of my friends were like please don't put us through this so i i would like to move into because we we have done a, a a fair variety of topics and I wanted to do the top three, like, I want to say segments, like something we talked about doesn't just have to be a movie. It can be a topic generally that we spoke about uh, that we have gone over for the podcast. So I'll, I'll let you lead, Christian. What's uh, one of your top three? Uh, so I, I I think my favorite, honestly, thing that we had talked about, and this goes way, way back to the beginning, is just the history of movie pass. Oh my gosh, I forgot we talked about I mean, I guess I realized when I wrote out that list today, but yeah, that was, because that died soon after we started this. Yeah, it was genuinely hilarious and completely baffling, and it, it kind of rose to prominence and flamed out just as we were really starting this up, and we got to experience it from both sides, because you were using it, you were yeah. using MoviePass as like a consumer, and I was just having to deal with the chaos of it from the uh, other side of the counter, just these people coming in with their... Uh, you know, movie pass visa cards or whatever they were getting constantly declined because the company didn't have any money to back the purchases anymore. Yeah, and there was nothing I could do for them. The, these people would just stare at me, and I'm like, "You gotta call Movie Pass, man. Your card's getting declined. I don't know what to tell you." I I won't lie. I miss Movie Pass. I it, like if I went out to the movies way more because of it. Um, especially when we started this, like. I don't know, it, like, because I paid for a year pass, so I needed to get my money's worth. And then by the mm-hmm. time I finally got there is when they started restricting everything. So I wasn't able to use it for like six months, which was annoying. It was such a great concept. And they just didn't, they couldn't follow through. 
the whole back end was supposed to be we're gonna you know collect everybody's data and sell it back to the production companies for profit and that's how we're gonna make all our money like selling these movie tickets are gonna be a loss for us that was the whole business model and then the the production company said no we don't want any of that data and they were just kind of at a loss then they pumped so many millions of dollars into that to keep it afloat too it's yeah it's incredible i just i remember all the people coming in and you know we'd have like families of six that would come in and every single person would have to buy their own ticket individually on their own order because they each had their own movie pass card man we would see them coming and they'd all have their cards out and we'd just groan because it made every transaction eternal (laughs) i will say and since you work in a movie theater you might have a different opinion on this but amc did something somewhat similar where i think it was like a four movie pass for a month where basically if you it seemed like if you had agreed to prepay for four movies you got them for like at a discount like you're paying seven dollars a movie or something like that so you know you save up to five bucks I would even be fine with something like that, um, but I just don't know if that's yeah. ever going to come back, especially after the pandemic. I would wager that it would. I think AMC is going to be doing a lot to try and you know stay alive. I saw that they were talking about renting out theaters for $99, like a, a pop, just to try and bring people back in. Um, but like with AMC's version of it, that's unique to their business, and so I feel like the framework is all worked into their point of sale and you wouldn't have any of the chaos of having like just a debit card. Right. That, that gets reloaded with cash every transaction. It's, it was very weird. So I'm, I'm hoping something like that. I don't have an AMC near me, so I'm hoping my movie theater has something like, I don't know, just that makes it a little bit easier to go to the movies because I wouldn't go anytime that wasn't either like a deal day or a matinee because I think I want to say like, Towards before the pandemic, it was like four, twelve fifty or something, which just seemed like so much money to me. Yeah. Um, my, one of my top ones for sorry, one of my top topics is actually the two the two competing fire festival documentaries that were released <laughs> out of nowhere and then competed with each other. They, yeah, they were released like one week of each other or something. It was amazing. Yeah, like the Netflix one had been like announced well in advance, and then Hulu the week before was just like, we have our own documentary here, and it's before them to scoop <laughs> them. And, it, and in my opinion, it was a better documentary. <laughs> <laughs> that story is so insane. And yeah, the, the fact that it culminated in two dueling documentaries just kind of seems perfect. Yeah, well, that's that's what, like, not only is it funny that that happens, but the entire story of the Fire Festival behind it and Billy McFarland is just hilarious because it was such an inept run event that just seems like the guy was trying to steal money. But even once the pandemic hit, he was trying, he tried to get his sentence shortened by claiming, <laughs> by claiming that he would help uh with the vaccine distribution or something oh weird like God. that where he's like i will use my business acumen no. to help help with the pandemic and the judge is just like no you are a fraud. Yo, what business acumen you have two people do- are gonna show up for the vaccine and get a piece of bread with a piece of cheese on it right do you remember leroy the bartender how could i forget leroy oh man so that was that was one of my tops what was uh what was your second favorite segment uh, I really enjoyed the class action park discussion. I, <laughs> I think we both just kind of reveled in the chaos of that. Yes, <laughs> that whole story. I just that was a, a very fun riff going and, and looking at all the insane rides that that crazy place put out. I mean, that place was just pure insanity. <laughs> that is crazy that it existed at one point. <laughs> the eighties, man. Uh, what a another thing that I really thought was funny looking through this as we, I'm actually surprised we kept up with it was, uh, various releases of information about the Sonic movie (laughs) and what we thought was going to be a train wreck. Because do you remember the first thing we heard about Sonic was they released a poster that was just like a black outline that everyone was basically like, this doesn't look like Sonic at all. What are they doing with this movie? (laughs) And it only went downhill from there until it, didn't 
This is also in my list of, of top things. Oh, for really? <laughs> yep, this was my third one. Yeah, the evolution of the, the Sonic movie from kind of mysterious to confusing to very upsetting yes. <laughs> to, like, being a surprise hit for 2020. I mean, yeah, God knows 2020 had its own, you know, unique set of extenuating circumstances, but I think as it stands, Sonic the Hedgehog is still, like, the number three or four highest grossing movie of the year. Yeah, it, and it did not... Like, no one thought it was going to turn out that way because once they released the first trailer with, like, the human Sonic, <laughs> everyone on the internet dunked on it, and they did it so hard that Sega basically went back to the drawing board and was like, we are reanimating every... Like, we are, re- <laughs> we are uh, like, changing Sonic's character design and reanimating any scene he is in. And good for them, because it worked. <laughs> yeah, it was actually, like, once they did that, everyone, like, it came out, everyone was really happy with his design, and the movie was good. Like, it was a surprisingly good movie. It was like a kid's movie. I, I It was way better than I thought it would be. They released that second trailer, and it was shot for shot a complete reproduction of the first one. It's just Sonic looked like a cartoon character instead of, I don't know, I don't know like a weird photorealistic situation that was just, he had human teeth very upsetting yeah it's one of those it was one of those things where i was like how did this make it past multiple layers of people who (laughs) thought that like this was a good idea (laughs) so many people looked at that and said print it it i mean not only like they spent millions to reshoot which ended up being the right (laughs) call uh but also didn't they push it back like two couple months to to do that I think so. I do think it was supposed to be like a holiday 20, like a Thanksgiving, maybe 2019 film. And it ended up coming out January or February of 2020. Um, so you said that that was your your third topic for what you thought was great? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Uh, so my final one is I wanted to highlight an episode that I, I thought was, or at least like a segment we had talked about that I was like, yeah, we actually went in pretty in depth on pointing out why this movie was bad, which... I did not like this movie, but I thought our actual <laughs> like discussion of it was pretty good, and that was I'm thinking of the discussion we have for I'm thinking of ending things. Yes, it was like such a bad movie, and me and you both basically were like, "What is going on with this movie?" It was so bad in so many unique ways. <laughs> yeah, like it had so much discussion you could have on it because it was so it had so many different parts to it. Uh, none of them good but yeah the like where you were able to dive in and say like this is what the movie was supposed to be and it makes it like so much worse for having been deprived of that right it's like oh there was a good movie there like they could have turned it around <laughs> at the at the very end they could have turned it around yep, but they did drop of a hat christian do you remember that movie had a ballet like a 10 minute full-on ballet sequence at the end that did not fit anywhere with the movie. Nope. It did. It was so bad. <laughs> I've forgotten large pieces of that movie. Yeah, it was... Uh, I mean, I, I honestly think that might be... I mean, there's some competition, but that might be one of my... Other than Cats, <laughs> I think that might be my <laughs> least favorite movie we have watched for, for the I podcast. Almost... I almost chose Cats for one of my top three. That was like an honorable mention just because we had such like violently different reactions yeah. to it. <laughs> oh, man. So, I, I, after, so we're talking about the podcast a little bit, but I want to move on to uh, a segment that we don't really get to talk about because I think generally we try and pick movies that we think will be interesting to talk about. Um, so we don't necessarily pick movies we know we're going to like beforehand. Right. So I want to know, Christian, what are your five favorite movies? Oh, man, this was tough. Like, I I watch an ungodly number of movies, as, as just as a, a like a, a little thing about me. Uh, the uh, movie theater that I work at used to do an Oscar competition every year, and one of the tiebreakers would be uh, the owner would give us a list of every movie that we had shown that year. And if two people tied in guessing their Oscar ballots, the tiebreaker would be pick the five movies that grossed the highest at our theater. And so she gave us this 
you know, comprehensive list. This is everything that we showed this calendar year. And I never really cared at all about what the highest grossing was, but I always played a game with myself about how many movies I had seen that year. <laughs> and so I was able to go down that list and highlight, and I averaged somewhere between 75 and 80 movies a year. And that's just at the movie theater. That's not counting streaming. Or anything. Right. <laughs> uh, so th- this was difficult <laughs> to narrow down to, to five, but, uh, Phantom of the Opera is my favorite musical, and so the 2007 uh, movie with Emmy Rossum and Gerard Butler is one of my all-time favorite movies. It's definitely a comfort movie that I, I put on when I'm, uh, I just need to, to chill and, and watch something that I know very well. Uh, Cloud Atlas is a, an old favorite of mine. This is just a little bit about me being pretentious, I think. <laughs> Is uh, and so sorry. Is Cloud Atlas the one? I think is Tom Hanks in it for like it has seven different stories throughout time or something. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's seven stories, and each of the stories has a different main character, but all of the stories are told through the same actors, like reincarnated. Yes. And it, it's it's a very ambitious movie. It. I mean, I will grant parts of it don't really make sense, but there there's a lot that they're working with there, and. I I was really impressed by it. It's, it's very ambitious, um, but it's also like three and a half hours long. It's eternal. Number three, I think, is the movie This Is Where I Leave You. It has uh, Jason Bateman and Tina Fey and uh, Jane Fonda, and it's I, I have a hard time describing this movie without getting too spoilery. But it's really just about this family who comes together for like their father's funeral, and they're all every single member of this family is so deeply flawed and they're trying so hard to be happy and you're left kind of none of them get the happy ending that you want them to have what but, when was this released because i i've like you know i've heard of the other movies on this list. I, i've not heard of this one i th- want to say uh yeah 2014 this came out okay so semi-recently but it's uh it's it's really well told and despite the fact that nobody really gets the happy ending that you want them to have, you're left not feeling bad about that because you just kind of leave them in the middle. Like they're going to continue on and keep, you know, trying. I, I really like this movie a lot. I've watched it so many times. <laughs> and uh, then I, I kind of tied my, my second tier. It's Dante's Peak and Volcano. There are two movies that came out, honest to God, probably the same year. This this was one of those like deep impact Armageddon situations where two studios couldn't get their stories straight and just made the same movie twice. Um, but these came out when I was probably single digits, <laughs> and yeah, these uh, are, I think these it's are really old. I remember these from elementary yeah, school, mid nineties for sure. And I think this is where I really got my love of geology, uh, despite them being pretty horribly flawed <laughs> in their representation. But uh, I still watch Dante's Peak and Volcano. Uh, like I, one of them will always be on <laughs> at some point at my house. And then uh, my top, honest to God, is uh, Lord of the Rings: Return of the King. And I saw you had a, a Lord of the Rings in yours as well. Yes, um, I mean Lord of the Rings is interesting. It's it's hard to pick one, but yeah, I I did not pick Return of the King. <laughs> Why did you pick Return of the King? I I chose Return of the King because I watched that movie 12 times in the theater and this was before I worked there. Oh my gosh. Uh we my mom just kept taking me back over and over and to the point where I got to know the staff and uh eventually they got me my job there. Oh, wow. Wow. History making. So yeah, here here I am 14 years later I've been working there and and it's because I went and watched this movie so many times in a row. Okay, so I have listed my five favorite movies. I I had a I had a hard time on this for I think a different reason than you. I rarely rewatch movies unless it's for something holiday related. Uh, so <laughs> when I was thinking of this list, I was trying to think of my five Desert Island movies. Like, what could I actually rewatch over and over? And I tried to pick things that I actually do rewatch. From this list, there's only one movie on here that's a definitive, and then the other ones that I'm kind of like, yeah, I could see them this changing over time. 
Mm-hmm. But currently, I, I also went with Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. I really like the Lord of the Ring trilogy. I used to actually watch that more than once. Not as many times as you, but I you know I have watched <laughs> that over the years. So I do like Lord of the Rings. Um, and my favorite in it is The Two Towers by far. The Battle of Helm's Deep, I think, is one of the best battle scenes in like the movies, I guess, because... It's so good. Uh, like the battle of is Helm's Deep is the third one, right? Not Helm's Deep. Sorry, the th- what is the third one? Gondor, Battle of Gondor. Yeah, Minas Tirith. Minas Tirith. Yeah, like that one. I think is more epic in scale, but I think because it was so large, it had a lot going on. Whereas Helm's Deep was very concentrated, and you basically were focusing on three or four characters the whole time. Right. And it was dark and raining. Oh man, it's such a such a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> like that ending scene like that 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 basically makes the movie for me. Uh another movie I really like and I've I've actually watched this a couple of times as well. I think it's a little bit underrated is Children of Men. It is such a bleak movie and <laughs> it really is. It, it is and it's one of those things where a lot of times when you watch movie or you watch movies like violence is sensationalized uh in this movie the like the violence is just brutal you know it's it's sort of t- like it's very um realistic and it's sort of tough to watch especially just having a bleak background to begin with and people turning on each other so i i I think that's a really great movie like it actually made me think and like feel which movies don't necessarily always do because i tend to watch fun movies (laughs) Uh, (laughs) speaking of fun movies my another one like one this is one of my all-time favorites from even childhood and i admit that this is not a good movie (laughs) but i just love it like it's so quotable and that is army of darkness starring bruce campbell uh, it's my favorite in the Evil Dead trilogy. I, it's so funny. Like, I love that movie because in the second movie, Ash loses his hand and attaches a chainsaw to it, and they just ham it up with him fighting medieval <laughs> demons. It's just one of those things where it shouldn't work, and it's so dumb. But, I, you know, I grew up with it, and I love it. I have never seen any of the Evil Dead movies. I mean... <sighs> It's one of those things where I don't know if I watched it now, I would like it as much, but I first watched this probably when I was like 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. And so it's like stayed with me because it was so ridiculous when I saw it. Yeah. Hey, camp only works if you fully commit to it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you watch any of them, I would probably suggest Evil Dead 2. I think that's probably of the three the best one, but my favorites are mm-hmm. Army of Darkness for sure. <laughs> Uh, another one, and I talked about this on the podcast a fair bit, and so I, I feel like that underscores it. I really liked Peanut Butter Falcon when I saw it uh, in theaters. This the Shia LaBeouf movie, uh, who is helping a kid who has Down syndrome go uh, learn to wrestle, and it's kind of a they go on like a journey. This is the only one I've not watched multiple times because I don't buy movies anymore, and I haven't seen it streaming anywhere. But it's one of those I where I, think, I would like to watch it again, so I put it there. <laughs> I think it's on Prime. Okay, see, I, I didn't realize that, so I might actually end up watching it. Because I, I thought it was great. There's a couple wrestlers in it. Uh, Mick Foley and Jake the Snake Roberts is in it. Like, it's it's a really cool movie. Limited run, and I, I don't think it got very much attention. I, I think it's very good. Yeah, I, I know it's somewhere because I, I think it's Prime. Every now and then when I'm scrolling through there, it, it catches my eye, and I remember you talking it up when we reviewed it that first time around. And I, I keep meaning to go back to it, and I keep getting distracted by something else. Yeah. And the only movie on this list that I, I know is my – like it's my favorite movie of all time is The Big Lebowski. Like, So that's the <laughs> only one I know would never be removed because I, I really like The Big Lebowski. I think it's hilarious. I think it's the Coen Brothers' best movie. Jeff Bridges is just amazing as the dude in it, uh, and every character is memorable. Like, it's such a weird movie because not very much happens, but to me, every scene is memorable. And much like Army of Darkness, it is just infinitely quotable. Right. It's also one of those movies I watched probably when I was like thirteen or fourteen, and it just stuck with <laughs> me. <laughs> just formative. Yeah, yeah. It, it really was. So, uh, along the similar lines, Christian, do you have five favorite television shows? Uh, my uh, my number five is probably the Great British Baking Show. <laughs> it's uh, something that I just kind of got into during the lockdowns, and I'm really happy that I did. 
I'm only really used to American style cooking shows where everyone's very mean <laughs> and cutthroat. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, shows like Cutthroat Kitchen. <laughs> uh, but everyone on Bake Off is so nice, and they all try to like help each other and bolster each other, and that was very nice to watch. It's during these bleak times. <laughs> it's a super refreshing show that civility is like kind of what you crave compared to the standard American. It's great competition show. And I, I also just really enjoy being part of the online discourse, which is something that I've missed, I think, ever since Game of Thrones ended. Like, uh, love or hate Game of Thrones, it was like a cultural thing that the entire world went through together. <laughs> and I really enjoy that about it. And uh, I, I do get some of that from uh, Bake Off when the seasons are running. I, I can hop on Twitter and everybody's tweeting about, oh no, they're going to boot this person and... Like, that person's cake was a mess. I, I have a lot of fun with that. <laughs> nice. Um, Broadchurch uh, is one of my all-time favorite shows. I don't know why I keep coming back to it. It's it's like a mystery that I already have the answer to, because I've seen it three or four times the whole way through now. But I just I think the acting and the music and the cinematography on that show is just absolutely flawless. I, um, I I mean like we I, we talked about the first season of Broadchurch. I liked it. I just I fell off of it. But Broadchurch, like um, David Tennant is very good in it. Yeah, I I don't know what it is. I, I've but like I said, I've come back to it several times. Uh, Haunting of Hill House. God knows I've I've devoted no small amount of time on this podcast to talking about it, so I, I won't go that that far into it now. But it's I I don't know if I'll ever fully express into words what. The Haunting of Hill House, and then by extension, Bly Manor really have meant to me. I, I love those shows quite a bit. I'm curious if you look at it objectively. Do you think there's an argument for that it is the greatest horror like television series ever? It's certainly the best one that I've ever seen. Right, and I, I watched a ton of horror, and I really liked Haunting of Hill House. Like I would put it up there as the best one I've seen. I just I didn't know if you had, you had watched more like horror television series than I had. Like, I, I haven't I, watched American Horror Story or anything like that. I tried with American Horror Story, and I just couldn't. It was it was too bleak. And like, I, I think that's where the, the dividing line is. Like, Hill House is sad, but it's hopeful. And American Horror Story just seemed like, I don't know, cynical and vindictive. And it's not really what I wanted. Yeah, I still, like, uh, Haunting of Hill House still has... One of the scenes that I think about randomly when I have to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, and that was <laughs> uh, when the little, little, the youngest brother, I can't remember his name, like wakes up and then hides under his bed. And you just see, I think the, the ghost name's William, just like hobbling along, like looking over <laughs> him. And we're just like, oh man, that's, that was so well done. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, I think my absolute comfort TV show is New Girl. It's on kind of constantly at my house. I'll I'll always have, like if I'm cooking or cleaning and I just need something on in the background, I've seen New Girl the whole way through so many times that I can just put any random episode on and like I know what's happening. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's my absolute go-to. I love every character except the main one so much. (laughs) Which is, uh, yeah, a a weird thing, but I, I hate Jess. The character for which the show is named. <laughs> Zoe Deschanel, right? Yeah, but I love every other character in that show so much. I remember liking Schmidt. Like, like, I didn't like him at first, but he grew on me. But I haven't watched the Absolutely. entire series. It's, it peaks around seasons three or, or like four or five when they introduce Megan Fox's character. But uh, yeah, it's it's flawless. Um, but number one, I think, is probably Full Metal Alchemist. The... Uh, like the original anime, not Brotherhood. Mm. I watch this the whole way through probably once a year. It's only 51 episodes, and yeah, I, I watched this when I was probably 15 is when it was airing originally. Yeah, and it, 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 it was airing was... when... This, so when we were sophomores, it was definitely airing. Yeah. So it it was like we were saying, just one of those kind of formative TV shows that I, I grew up with and now it's just in there forever i will say objectively i think brotherhood is the better put together story and 
when you read the manga, Brotherhood is better. But for the anime, I prefer the original like you. And I don't know if it's because uh, that's what I saw first. But I I really like the sort of the ending story. That's, you know, it's like tragic, very tragic show. So I don't know. Yes. I'm with you on that one. I was going to say, we were going to have to have a fight if you said Brotherhood was better. No, I mean, like, I, I, I feel like generally, like, the animation on it is better. And the story makes more sense because the, the the original series was following the manga for, like, the first 12 or 15 episodes. And then they yeah. caught up and then, like, made their own story. And I think they did a really good job with it. Because but... the manga was coming out, like, one chapter every four months. It was impossible to try and keep up with that. Yeah. And I, I like how I they did, went with it. I did read the whole, like, all of the books. Mm-hmm. And it was, it's a good story, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's just, like, originality bias. And, that, like, that like you said, that, that's what I saw first, and that's what I pr- prefer now. I think Brotherhood is a little more, like, generic shonen-y. Mm-hmm. Like, like, that's how, how it goes in the end. There's, like, that huge battle, whereas... The original, like, when they make one of the homunculus, the mother, it's one of those where it's like, oh, this is going in a completely different direction I was not expecting. Like, this is bleak. Yeah, that's, I I think that's one of the main differences that I had a problem with was that the mother wasn't a homunculus in in the manga Zarin Brotherhood. The only thing I, because I actually rewatched this somewhat recently, like a year or two ago, was, and I forget this character was in it, the guy who has body parts i don't remember was he the new greed or whatever he's the little kid who could turn his body into different shapes you remember who i'm talking about oh yeah i cannot like i did not like his character on the rewatch i can't lynn because greed greed like possessed no 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 no. not in brotherhood in the original it was like the one who basically took he was a homunculus who basically took edward's arm and Oh, Wrath. Wrath, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I didn't like the Wrath in the original series on rewatch. I did. I think of, of just kind of the same reason that I liked that the mother was a homunculus is that it was, you know, her her their teacher's kid. It just had more of an emotional impact than, you know, in, in Brotherhood Sloth was just like some like hulking monster living underground. Didn't really have any impact at all. Yeah, and... Uh... I'm blank. Lust, lust is one, right? Yeah, yeah. And she she dies early in Brotherhood. I was gonna say in the manga she gets dispensed with pretty quickly, whereas in the originals she makes it all the way to the end and is like instrumental. <sighs> yeah, now I just want to watch Full Metal Alchemist again. <laughs> I just watched it in like February too. Who was your favorite state alchemist? I guess who was your favorite character in it? Oh, probably Scar. I was Major Louise Armstrong. It's <laughs> just such a ridiculous I, character. I don't know how, but I knew that's what you're gonna say. <laughs> if I had to pick a state alchemist, it would be Mustang. He was always my favorite. Yeah, uh, I'll go through pretty quick on mine because, like movies, like this is actually really hard for me to pick five shows because I I don't rewatch movies. I definitely very rarely rewatch television shows because they're even more of a time commitment. Yeah. So. Some of these would probably, all but two of these could change. Uh, so I really like Flight of the Concords. I don't know if you ever watched that, Christian, but that came out back in 2007, 2008. I thought uh, Brett and Jermaine are hilarious and basically opened me up into an entirely new like brand of comedy that they continued through with what we do in the shadows and all that. Um, so I, th- I think I, that's a great show. I would like to go back and watch that. I remember, though, when like it was an HBO original, right? I yes. think. It was. And so it was something that I never had HBO. And so it was like one of those, everybody says this is great, but it's unattainable. Yeah, I watched it through my, I watched it at my friend's house. And then the second season aired when I was in college and I watched it at my brother-in-law's house because he had HBO. (laughs) We go there on Sundays to check it out. I should go back and watch that now that I have access to it. Uh, another show, and this one was hard to pick. Uh, it was between this and Adventure Time, but ultimately, I think I ended up liking this one more because I've actually gone back and watched this through like two or three times, and I've not done that for Adventure Time, and that was regular show. 
which is a cartoon that came out late 2000s, early 2010s, um, and they've had the follow-up I've told you about called Close Enough, but it's just slacker comedy, and I, I started watching it <laughs> in college, so it, it was one of those things that probably resonated in, in me because I was the clear target demographic for it. <laughs> uh, but I think it's hilarious because it's a show that everything can be normal, and then at the drop of a hat, just something insane happens, and it's never explained why these things happen, and you, you just go with it, and it's great. <laughs> Another show I like, and I had a hard time including it because the first run of it is amazing, and then they added a final season through Netflix that I did not like, and it kind of tainted the series for me, but <laughs> I really, really liked Arrested Development. Like, it was one of the funniest shows coming out. I, w- I, ac- I actually remember watching it when it was originally airing at all the different times they would put it on Fox. <laughs> this is such a good choice. <laughs> yeah, like, as a Desert Island movie, like, it is so easily rewatchable because it's so layered so every time you watch it again you notice a joke you didn't pick up on because it's just like it's one of the dense most densely layered like comedic shows i've ever watched um i just don't like the final season yeah no they they really screwed that one up but like yeah the the jokes are so quick they're like they're on them they're off them and and it's gone before you've really even had a chance to to grapple with what you've listened to Right, it's it's crazy how well made it is, and that like it had such a cult following that a decade later, it not a decade later, but you know, like a significant number of years later, it got a re-release. I think Jason Bateman was perfect for that because he can deliver like wildly hysterical beats by just kind of grunting, yeah, or like making like a I mean, Michael Sarah was also in it, which is crazy because he was a really big star for a couple years there. Yeah. Uh, so now we're getting into the only two shows I would definitely never remove from this list. Uh, one is Cowboy Bebop. That's my favorite anime of all time. Um, I think it's one of the best ways to get people into watching anime because it's very Western influenced. Uh, it has a great, like, the music in it is amazing. It has a backdrop to the story like the characters are great it, i just really like that that show i do need to go back and rewatch cowboy bebop because it's only like 25 episodes yeah it, it's a it's contained you don't have to worry about like some anime like they go through and they don't actually end or they just rush the ending like this was made to be an anime and it ends it's i think it's like the perfect anime <laughs> And my top show of all time is Bob's Burgers. It is the <laughs> it, it is currently the only show I rewatch. I probably watch an episode of Bob's Burgers every day. This is my version. <laughs> this is my this is my comfort food. Yeah. Um. I had a, I used to really like The Office, but I it was never like this where I would watch it every day. And so this is the one that I just it, for whatever reason it resonates with me, and I watch it a ton. <laughs> Okay, Christian, and let's finish off this segment. Uh, what are your top five games of all time? Uh, uh, the five spot, I'm going to say Pokemon Gold. It's really the first Pokemon game I had as a kid. I never really played any of the initial generation. Uh, so I, I jumped into it at Gen 2, and uh, my friend Nick and I always would... Uh, I would play Gold, and he would play Silver, and we'd kind of you know try to race to the end. Um. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's just the first Pokemon game I had as a kid. Uh, Super Smash Brothers Brawl. It's my favorite of the Smash games. It's just all of us would kind of race over to one of our friends' houses after school, junior and senior year, and we would spend basically the entire day there just playing Smash for hours and hours and hours and hours. And so I, I miss that a lot. It's the main reason I got a, a Nintendo Switch, which you know, we're not going to get. <laughs> uh no surprise, Horizon Zero Dawn. God knows it's. Uh, I I don't actually like it that much for the story because if we're being honest, the story is not super compelling. I I've just never played a game that was so well designed. Everything that you do in it feels like completely natural and realistic, and it's rare for me to find a game that I can get properly good at. And Horizon Zero Dawn is a game that I got really good at, <laughs> and so I play it all the time. <laughs> And Horizon's like a newcomer friendly game too because it has like difficulty sliders that kind of make sense and yeah it's it's a very good game. Um Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep 
I I knew there was going to be a Kingdom Hearts in here somewhere. It, it's a series of really high highs and really low lows. Um, Kingdom Hearts three was kind of a flop for me. Dream Drop Distance is awful, <laughs> but Birth by Sleep I think is where the the franchise really came into its peak. It's uh, a prequel, so you go into it kind of knowing where all these characters are going to end and you know none of them are going to have happy endings but you have to like go through and play as all of them anyway i think the battle system is the best in all of them i i think the way that you level up is the best in all of them i just i i really enjoyed playing birth by sleep and i did not mind that it's a game that forces you to play it three times to get the complete story it's one I've still never played. <laughs> I like. I thought that it would drive me crazy that you had to play this game three times, once as each character, but it was. I did not mind it at all. Uh, and then top of the top of the list is probably Final Fantasy X. It's the first real RPG that I played uh, the whole way through. <laughs> I only got into Final Fantasy because I was walking through uh, like a video rental place and I saw Final Fantasy X two, and I just wanted to play it and i went home and and played the first like 20 minutes and i'm like is this a sequel to something and i missed the first part (laughs) and so i had to return it and go get the first game and i yeah i mean i was hooked almost immediately and i i've never really looked back i love the final fantasy games and the music in particular uh it's funny we have somewhat similar lists on here with a couple of these entries but i went in a different direction than you this was honestly probably my hardest list because if I was like to give you, oh, this is my favorite game of all time, like I, I think it would actually be a very different list because then I started thinking like, well, would I actually play that right now? And I tried to replay, I like started replaying a couple of them and they just didn't hook me like they used to. So I've tried to pick this on ones that are like, oh yeah, I actually either put hundreds of hours into them recently with like modern advances and stuff or it's like a game i i've been waiting to play again or 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 something like that where i've played it multiple times because if i was just like talking about like oh really good games for me like final fantasy 7 in my mind is my favorite final fantasy game but i bought it for the switch i played it for 25 minutes and (laughs) i put it down and i bought the remake and i put like seven hours into it and i put it down Final Fantasy X, love the game, and it would be on my list if they had you could if they made it so you could skip all the dialogue. <laughs> uh, but they don't, so every time I restart it, I don't want to sit through the dialogue and then I put it down. So my the one game I picked from Final Fantasy was actually uh, Final Fantasy XII, the Zodiac Age, which I think is the proper way to remake an older game. I put hundreds of hours into the first Final Fantasy XII. I really, I really like the battle system in it. It has one of the weakest stories in the Final Fantasy series. <laughs> but the battling system in it's great. And then for the remake, or the remaster, I should say, uh, they have it so you can multiply the battle speed by two or four which is just a godsend. Like it's it's just a it's a quality oh, yeah. of life thing that I love and you can skip dialogue <laughs> and you can do all that stuff. So it's like weird because I know I like Final Fantasy 12, but I, like if I'm putting on my favorites it's like, well yeah, that's one of the few games I would actually replay. <laughs> uh another well, one, sorry. I was going to say it's funny cuz you have Kingdom Hearts 1 on this list and uh, I'm pretty sure that they changed it for the like the remaster re-release but uh originally you could not skip any cutscenes in the first Kingdom Hearts. Oh, I mean I will I will talk about Kingdom Kingdom Hearts was uh <laughs> the one pick that kind of is doesn't follow the rule on this one. Um so I'll just yeah, I'll talk about it now like the first Kingdom Hearts to me is and I haven't played every game in the Kingdom Hearts series, but it was such a formative game for me. I played that when I was, I think, 13 when it came out. And this is one of the first games I completed. I loved the game. I have the <laughs> remaster edition on the PS3, and oh my god, that game does not age very well, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> Which is rough, because it is by far my favorite. Like I thought it had the perfect mix of Disney characters in Final Fantasy, I thought the story was a little bit darker and there was sort of a bittersweet ending to that game that I liked that the other games just like they went 
so extreme that they kind of lost me a little bit from what the original kingdom mm-hmm. arts like had like i like the slower paced combat everything seemed a little more somber and then everything like the story just has gone out of control since that one but as like that's the one game where i actually think it's hard to recommend because the controls and the camera and stuff on it are so dated like it is very much a 2002 it's or rough. 2003 game to play <laughs> Especially having, like, come back from playing, like, Kingdom Hearts 2 and 3 or Birth by Sleep. Like, going back to 1 is tough. Yeah, but it is by far my... Even with all that, like, of the remasters I've played, I, I still think it's my favorite of the series. Yeah. Uh, I I think my my favorite description of Kingdom Hearts was that it was a D&D homebrew with Disney characters that just went fully off the rails, and that's exactly what it feels like. Yeah, and that's what, like, I don't know, like, I thought 2 was okay. It was, like, a way to conclude the story, except they didn't conclude it. Like, it was a good sequel. <laughs> but then, like, it was on every different console, and now I have to play 8 games to catch up. I don't know. It's a series that lost me, but I did really like the first one. Another game on this list that is now going to be easier to play is... uh demon souls originally on the playstation 3 now a playstation 5 exclusive it's like the grandfather of the dark souls and bloodborne and all those games it it was my favorite of those it was the first game i played in that series uh i i don't know it's like really people say it's very difficult but it's more or less like a learning curve um and otherwise it's one of like the best rpgs i've ever played you can create different builds you have online pvp in a really interesting way i don't know i just just think it's a really great game like exploration's amazing and i'm i'm really excited that they remastered it for the playstation 5 because i i've been wanting to play it but it's offline the servers are offline so you can only play it offline and um i don't want to get my ps3 out is the other issue (laughs) so i'm very excited to play the remaster on that Another one that was was really hard for me to narrow this down because I want to pick a game from the Pokemon series, but every game in that series is so similar. Yeah, they're all the same. (laughs) Yeah, and it's one of those things where it's like the best Pokemon game, honestly, is the newest one usually because it has the newest features. Um, Right. Like if I like my gut of going with my favorite would be Pokemon Red or Blue because that's the first one I played was Pokemon Blue. But objectively, it's it doesn't hold up that well like it's really clunky um and i most recently like collected i most recently like completed pokemon omega ruby off of sapphire um which you know i caught i created a living deck so i caught one of every pokemon not just like like one of each of their evolutions so it was like i had one charmander one char uh charizard like a blast all that stuff so i like it took me forever to do yeah, that's a commitment. I, yeah, I like Pokemon myself out. And that's actually <laughs> also around the time we were doing the original podcast because I was doing like Pokemon videos too for battling. Um, I got really into it. But I don't know if I'd say that's the best one to play because it's on the 3DS, which is a dying system. Like, if I was going to say play a Pokemon game, you should probably play Pokemon Sword or Shield, honestly. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, of my favorite, I, I think it would be Blue, but it's it's like the one that I don't know if I would recommend you to actually play Pokemon blue right now. Yeah. I mean, I certainly wouldn't recommend anybody go back and play Pokemon gold. I just, like we said, they're all functionally the same. You you don't mess with a winning formula. Uh, So I just, I, yeah, I went with the first one that I encountered. And the one game that I can wholeheartedly be like, Oh yeah. Like this is a great, this is, this is definitely on my list is overwatch. I've been playing it consistently (laughs) since 2016. Um, it's probably the one game I've put the most time into ever at this point. Um, I still play it weekly with a couple friends. It's, it's like great. Um, I really like that game. Nice. Okay. And now looking forward to hopefully another 100 episodes, uh, we'd like (laughs) to go over a little bit of what we hope to achieve in those episodes. And, and I have two things and the first one I have is not really podcast related, but I would actually like to build out the website a little more. I've actually been working on a couple of reviews. I probably haven't told you about Christian, but I have two uh, and doing some of the cover artwork and stuff for that. So my goal this year is to hopefully put out about 52 reviews. It was supposed to be one a week and I've, I've been <laughs> behind so far, but even if I get like 25 or 30, I'd, I'd be happy about that um, to some sort of posting schedule. Cause like before 
our goal is just like fast and furious to get as much out there as we could so our website looked like a real website <laughs> yeah <laughs> so <laughs> now think, we have to angle for consistency right and like the pandemic kind of killed my drive for doing that like we oh, did God, it for a yeah. couple months but it's yeah it like slowly depressed me so <laughs> What about you? Do you have anything um, that you would like to do for the next hundred episodes? I definitely also want to be working on the website. I, you know, I also fell way off. You know, the lockdowns are, are just such like they're mentally exhausting. I, <laughs> I didn't really want to do anything when I signed off of my school module or whatever else, and so I, I, I need to get back up on that horse for sure. Um, I liked a lot what we did with I'm thinking of ending things where you were able to go and get like more information than the the movie was initially giving us so we yeah. could do kind of like a deeper analysis than just this is what we liked this is what we didn't but like just the meta of like this is what it could have been I I really enjoyed that a lot I wouldn't mind doing more of that yeah, for like a podcast specific thing, I I think I would like to I need well not I'm going to try and start doing more research into the movies and reading some behind the scenes stuff because um I you know, I think that's interesting. It's more than just giving our opinions, it's also giving a little bit of you know, fun tidbits of information to our listeners. So I that is one of my goals is to start researching these a little bit more instead of um going in with just watching the movie. All right, guys, and now it's time for our one-star Amazon review game. Just a quick recap of the rules. Uh, Christian has three one-star reviews for a movie from Amazon. He's going to read me one of them. I will get two yes-to-no questions to help me narrow down the movie. I can then either guess the movie or I can ask for another review. He will give me another review, two more yes-or-no questions, uh, same rules of guessing or asking for another review. And then finally, I can ask two more yes or no questions after the third review uh, and then I will have to guess and we're keeping score this year I'll get three points for getting it on the first review one point two points for the second review one point for the third review I'm ready when you are Christian all right this one was tough because a lot of these are you know full doctoral dissertations (laughs) and then some of them are just terrible movie one star (laughs) Um, all right. So this one's from Barb. Uh, wow. This was a weird movie from the start based on the description. Uh, this poor family deceiving this other family and the deceit and the lies and the bizarre turns. And there's just stabbing and just weird. Not recommended. Uh, this is a Korean movie. Yes. Is this Parasite? Yes, it is. Ugh. Oh, man. I Listen, I... Every single one of these reviews, they're either like 90 paragraphs <laughs> or they're just so specific. Like, a bunch of them were just like the Academy Awards. I can't believe they did this. Yeah, I mean, when you say it's like one family deceiving another, like, that is the entire... Because I kind of felt that way where I was like, I do kind of like these families terrible, but I also feel kind of bad because they are just, like, conning them. Yeah. Yeah, we should be good. guys thanks for listening to our 100th episode special and i we hope you stay tuned with us for uh, another 100 episodes if you'd like to contact us we are at gambots network on twitter or you can email us at gambots.blog at gmail.com we'd really appreciate it if you would provide us with some uh amazon one-star reviews and we will probably end up using them for the podcast Otherwise, we have, like we had said, we have a website now, so that's gambotsnetwork.com, where you can check out some of our reviews. And if you're listening to somewhere where you can rate and subscribe, we would appreciate it, as that does help with advertising. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you.